for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Hallelujah. Before I get started this morning, let me just mention, since Ted mentioned something about somebody having a decision here, how many know there's a lot of decisions that you have to make in your life? The problem is with most people, they spend all their time trying to decide whether to do something or not. Your decision shouldn't be whether to make a decision or not. You should definitely focus on the consequence of that decision rather than the decision. Because if you're not going to like the consequence of that decision, don't make the decision. We're, we're all, oh, God wants me to do this, and then they do it, and after that, they're in a mess. Why? Because they never thought about the decision. Are you following me? The consequence really matters. How many know every time you make a decision, there's a consequence? Yes. When you got married and you made a decision, how many know there's been consequences? Good and bad, right? You make a decision to do this or that, there's always a consequence. So I never make a decision until I seek out the consequences that are going to come from that decision. Then I can freely make the decision knowing what the consequence is going to be down the road. Are you following me? All right, no extra charge for that this morning, no problem. All right, take your Bible this morning. Let's go to... uh, I don't know. Let's go to Matthew 24 this morning. We started talking in depth about the kingdom of God a couple weeks ago, and many of you heard some things you ain't never heard before, and that's fine. And because of your mental upbringing, your mental, the way that you think, these things are going to take time to chip away at what you thought before. Are you following me? I mean, I've been in the church now for a long time, but I was even in the church before I was in the church. And a lot of things I was taught back at that time that lodged in me had to be removed out of me. Different traditions, different religious ideas, different ways of thinking, different ways that I was taught by prominent peeping were in there. But once I got in the Bible and found out that the word did not line up with I don't care who they are, I don't care if they're Ph.D., pastor, apostle, bishop, whatever, if the word's not lining up with them, then I need to change up and line with the word if I'm going to be part of a kingdom that's led by the word and that's the Constitution. I mean, this is it right here. If anybody's telling you anything or preaching anything that is not in line with this, then you need to believe this, the Word of God. All right, Matthew chapter 24. All right, let's, uh, we better back up. Let's go to, uh, let's just go to verse 3. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, what shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not what? For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, there shall be what? Pestilences, there shall be what? In diverse places. All these are what? Say the beginning. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated from all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because of iniquity or sin shall abound, the love of many shall do what? Hallelujah. Isn't this an exciting part of Scripture? You want to mark this and memorize it, and then put it on your prayer list? Praise God. Verse 13, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And what happened? And then what? And then what? 
then the end shall come. Hallelujah. People say, well, we never know when the end's going to come. I ain't got any idea. And God never told us when the end's going to come. Yes, he did. He told you right here. He didn't tell you the time or the day. He told you basically when this good news, this gospel of what? Of what? King, uh, this gospel of the new birth. This gospel of the anointing. This gospel of faith. No, this gospel of what? The kingdom of God is preached to how many nations? All nations. When I first read this scripture, this is what really triggered me into a place of understanding the kingdom, trying to study the kingdom, trying to relay the kingdom to other people so that they could live in victory also. And when I saw that word nations, because of my past thinking, I was thinking, gosh, we got to get this gospel of the kingdom into India. And how many know that's true? We got to get this gospel of the kingdom into Africa. How many know that's true? We got to get this gospel of the kingdom into the year. How many know that's true? And I got quiet for a little bit, and God said, What about the United States? I said, what do you mean? This is a Christian nation. He said, I didn't tell you to preach the gospel of the Christian. He told me to preach the gospel of the kingdom, kingdom of God. So notice, even though we think when it talks about all nations, we always look outside this nation for some reason. But notice, I know a lot of Christians that's never heard anything about the kingdom of God. Don't understand the kingdom of God. Don't know the kingdom of God. I mean, we teach the new birth all the time, being born again, and that's good. But when you study the life of Jesus, you know he only mentioned that one time. One time in his entire ministry, that was in the middle of the night, to one person. So if he was supposed to be getting that gospel into all the world, he failed. Getting quiet in here. Good. I like that when people get quiet because I'm bashing your thinking right now, and it needed bashed. One time, he preached to some guy who came to him in the middle of the night and said, you must be born again, what for, to enter the kingdom? And it was a way to enter into the kingdom of God. That's why he preached it to begin with. So basically, there's many things that you need to understand. But basically, the number one thing we need to understand is how the kingdom of God operates and how God wants to use us in his kingdom and why we're here and what we're doing. Praise God. All right, go to Genesis chapter 1. Glory to God. He's messing me up. You need to be messed up. You need to think the right way. All right, Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 1. In the beginning, God created what? Notice, in the beginning, he created the heavens. How many know the heaven is invisible? And he created the earth. How many know that's visible? But look at verse 26. What else did he create? And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness let him have what have what dominion Dominion over the fish of the sea over the fowl of the air over the cattle over all the earth and every creeping thing so God created man in his own image and the image of God created him male and female he created he them so here we see God creating God starts to create and he creates heaven how many know heaven is a real place it's a real country you just can't see it's all it's in the invisible spirit realm but it's a real place it's a real country it's a real area then he created the earth which is visible and then he created somebody by the name of man Now, the problem with man is, in this day and age, there's over, I don't know what somebody said, the last thing was seven or eight billion people on the earth, but most of the people on the earth don't know why they're here, don't know why they exist. Who is man? Why would God create man? What the heck was he doing? He created the heaven and the earth, and he put, and even me, it came more personal. It's not, why did he create man? It's, why in the heck did he create me? What am I doing here now? Why did he put me here? What's my purpose here? What, what am I supposed to be doing? And how many know every year goes by so fast and all the time goes by so fast? So I want to find out why I'm here before I'm not here anymore. Come on now. I mean, the times you can't get that time back. See, last week you can't get back. That's gone. You spent that. that that's gone. 
the amount of time. And we found out last week that, that you weren't put here for a duration. You were put here for a donation of time. Why is that? Because you're going to live forever. So God picked you out for a little donation of time. He set you down here on the earth. And maybe you got 70 years. Maybe you got 80. Maybe you got 100. Maybe you got 200. Who knows how long you're going to be here. But in that amount of time, he had a specific purpose for you to be here. So why would God create that heaven, create that earth? What's his whole point? Or go to 1 John chapter 4. I'm going to teach you this morning. I'm going to try not to get excited. I want to teach you this morning. <laughs> All right, First John chapter 4, look at verse 8. He says, He that loves not knows not God, for God is what? Love. Notice, God is what? Love. God doesn't have love. God is love so here's God he creates the heavens up here and he creates the earth down here and he, he wants to create mankind because he's a God of love in order for him to be fulfilled he needs to be a giver how many know a lover is a giver gives his life gives whatever gives finances he's always looking to give well he created mankind so that he could give mankind the same kind of rulership that he had in heaven which he was king over of that domain which made him a kingdom in heaven so he creates man, says, I'm going to put him in a visible earth. I'm going to put him in a bodysuit. I'm going to put him down there because I want sons and daughters just like me in my image and likeness who I can send my kingdom from heaven into earth and they will be in rule on the earth and I will be in the rule on heaven. Are you following me? So he creates mankind and he puts them down here. What for? God's desire. The Bible says, God so loved the world he See, God is a giver, so God wanted to give. So he created sons and daughters, praise God, and he put them on the earth realm here, and he put them, as we read before, let them, let them have dominion. Say dominion. dominion. All right, go to Matthew 25. See, I was created, I was created for, the earth, for the earth to have dominion, to have dominion. in this earth. Right, Matthew chapter 25, look at verse 34. Oh, I'll go back to verse 33. It's talking about Jesus speaking here. He said, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, come ye blessed of my father, inherit heaven that I prepared for you. Inherit what? I was taught I was going to inherit heaven. Mm -hmm. I'm just here, so I make it to heaven. If I just be a good enough boy, I'm going to die and go to heaven. Are you born again? Yeah, you're going to heaven. I can relax now. I can do whatever I want to do. You know why? I'm going to heaven. I'm completed. My fulfilled my purpose. Am I living in victory? No. Am I sick? Yes. Am I drunk? Yes. Am I doing everything wrong? Yes. But bless God, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. That's the, but notice that's not the end here. Verse 34 says, you will inherit the kingdom. Say the kingdom. The kingdom. So notice, what did God want to give mankind? The kingdom. He doesn't change his original purpose just because man messed it up. When Adam fell, he lost his authority and he lost the kingdom of God here on the earth. Why did Jesus come? First thing Jesus said, repent for the kingdom of God is here again, praise God. I've brought it back to mankind who messed it up to begin with. Now look what it says. Blessed is my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from, I'm sorry, from the foundation of the world. 
The foundation, you know, that was a long time ago. So notice, notice what he's saying. He said, before I even started the heaven, started the earth, started man, I had a purpose and a plan. I'm going to have another kingdom, and in that kingdom, I'm going to have man and this kingdom. So he's got the kingdom there, and it's for mankind. Now he goes back. Say he goes back. Notice, the reason why you can be relaxed in your life if you're following your purpose, because God has already declared the end from the beginning. My ministry is already done from the foundation of the world. I'm just walking out the ministry that God gave me to do. So when money gets tight, as long as I'm doing everything God wants me to do, it doesn't make any difference. Do you know why? Because God's going to supply because I'm very important to him to fulfill my call that he's given me down here. So money doesn't worry me anymore. Hasn't worried me for years. I'll tell you, you want to get delivered? Get delivered from money. Telling you right now, it's the biggest devil on people's life to get them to worry, to get them to fear. I don't have enough. I don't have this. Whenever you get to a place where you say, hey, and I'll tell you what, how to get rid of, rid of that, you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things that you've been praying for for 30 years. Lord, give me money. Lord, give me a house. Lord, give me, no. Just seek first the kingdom of God and the laws and the right standing in that kingdom. And he says, hey, you do that, guess what? I get you whatever you need, praise God. I will fulfill whatever you need because he needs you to fulfill your purpose. So God says, man's going to be a kingdom. So what's God do? He backs up to Genesis chapter one. Says, let's create a heaven. Let's create the earth. Now what are we going to do? Put some plants on there. Let's put some animals on there. Let's do that. And then let's create mankind who was going to inherit this kingdom from the foundations of the... You read someplace in the Bible, and do you ever read it where it says, and Jesus was slain from the foundation of the world. No, he wasn't. We celebrate Easter every year, praise God, and Good Friday and all this stuff. No. What happened even before man became man and was created back then? God, How many know God knows a few things? He knew everything. He knew darn well that man was going to fail, man was going to fall. So he went to Jesus way back then and said, hey, you're going to go down and suffer them people and bring the kingdom back? And Jesus said, yes, I'll do that, praise God. So what happened? All at once, that it's done. Yep. Once God gets the agreement, it's done. So Jesus was, in God's mind, slain before the foundations of the world. Did Jesus have to be born into the world? Did he have to walk his path? Did he have to be ridiculed? Did he have to go to the cross? Did he have to suffer and die? Did he have to save mankind? Yes, but notice all this stuff was done before the foundations of the world. Once again, God's present is your future. His past is even your future. All these things have been done, and it's already there. So God sent the kingdom of God. It's here, and it's for us to inherit. Now, you know he's king in heaven. He is the king of a domain which gives him kingdom power in heaven. So he is the king of the kingdom. Now, he gave earth to us, mankind. He made us a king. I'm not a king. I'm just a weak little Christian. You better grow up. See, you're still thinking like a, a dumb. You're still ignorant. You're still, I'll tell you, the devil's not the biggest problem in the church. Ignorance is. You may say the devil's chasing you. If you'd get some knowledge, he wouldn't be chasing you anymore. You'd turn around, you'd be chasing him. Come on now. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, your stupidity made you do it because you didn't know what God was doing and what his laws were and what the effect of those laws were going to be, praise God. So the more you study this and the more you learn how God operates and how he works and you abide by God's laws, things line up for you. So he made mankind to be a king. He is the king of? Kings. He is the Lord of? Lord. Well, who's the other kings and who's the other lords? The dogs? Some people think it is, but that's not it. It's human beings, praise God. Hallelujah. So king of kings, Lord of order, he put us down here, and we are now kings over a domain, which is called earth. So we have a kingdom here on the earth. We are the kings, and what are we doing? We're just staying in touch by the Holy Ghost with the home country, 
See, people think, there's UFOs. Do you know there's a space out there where there's aliens? Do you think there's aliens out there? No, there's aliens right here. You understand? You're an alien. You came from heaven. That's where you came from, but you're not supposed to be in heaven because you can't rule in heaven unless you kick the king out of heaven. How many want to join in that battle? You better bring a lot of angels with you, brother. I'm telling you right now. See, you can't do it. God doesn't want you up there. If you die and go up there, you're going to be up there, but you're going to come right back down here sooner or later anyway, and you're going to fulfill his plan and purpose of you ruling here on the earth realm, praise God, and doing what you're supposed to do. You have dominion, and we've been placed here. Say placed here. Placed here for dominion. So God says, let us make man. Let us, let's give him dominion. Let him rule the earth realm. Let him be down here, and that's what we got him for, is to rule the earth realm, basically, in this hour and in this time. And at the end days, you're going to inherit what? A, the earth. You're going to inherit a kingdom, a kingdom. You're going to be part of the kingdom. That's what God wants you to do. Now, the church for years has taught the demonic teaching that God is in control of everything. He's not. If he was, why would he need you? Come on, he gave you control of the earth. Now we want to teach, don't worry, just sit back. God's in control of everything. He don't want to be in control of anything down here. He wants you to be in control down here, hooked to heaven so you've got heaven's resources to bring into this earth realm and do what you want to do. So the more we preach God is in control of everything, the more it eliminates your purpose. Come on, you ain't got no purpose here if God's going to be in control of everything. Why, why, what are we here for if he's in control of everything? Well, you just it's a, it's a game. He dropped you in the middle of a board, and you're navigating to try to get around, get to heaven, and dodging everything, and one day you'll die and go to heaven, and then for eternity we'll be up there just jumping up and down and worshiping, praising, and kicking. No, that ain't it. God didn't even create you basically for the main thing to worship or praise or even go to church. He created you to have dominion in your own life and in your own jurisdiction area there, starting with your life. We know everybody's an expert on everybody else's life. I can tell you what's wrong with them and them and them and them and them. I can tell you exactly what's wrong with them. Well, put up that mirror. Look in there, and you're going to see one of the main problems. See, that's why God goes to work on you. That's why the Holy Ghost talks to you. That's why when I started reading this stuff, he wasn't telling me about, well, sister so-and-so don't know this, sister brother don't know this. No, I didn't know this. So when I learn it, I don't want to be a smart aleck. I just want to help other people understand what God has given me understanding for. Are you, if it didn't help me, I wouldn't be preaching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I learned the gospel of the kingdom and I'm worse off than I ever was, I certainly wouldn't teach it to anybody. But it's helped my life. It's helped me be stable. Say stable. stable. Oh, my God. Stable, please. Jesus, help us all. Help us all, please. Stable. Lord, have mercy. To find a stable Christian is almost impossible. Sometimes I find out the devil's more stable than Christians. You know what he's going to do anyway. I mean, he's pretty locked into what he's going to do, right? But Christians, you never know what they're going to do, praise God. One day they're up, one day they're down, one day they're in the middle, one day they're over here, one day they're over there. But notice, God does not want to be in control of everything. Go back to Genesis 1, 26. Yeah, I love the scripture, whatever God binds on earth. Is bound in heaven. Whatever God looses on earth is loosed in heaven. It's a great scripture. The only problem is it doesn't say God. All right, Genesis 1, 26, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them, say let them. Let them. Say it again, let them. Let 
Who's the them? We are. Now, if he would have said, let us, how many of that would have included himself? And he could do anything he wanted in this earth realm. I'll tell you right now, God is, cannot legally do anything in this earth realm unless he gets permission from a person ruling down here who's a king and queen. Amen. You know what that's called? Prayer. Mm. <laughs> really deep, ain't it? It's prayer, praise God. It's simple prayer to hook up with heaven in a line with heaven, with the will of God in heaven, basically connecting with kingdom, because why? You want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So basically, that's what prayer is. And we've had prayer to, oh, give me the car, give me the house. I'm going broke. I'm going in debt. I ain't going to make it. Well, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be. So our focus has been on getting things from God. And here's where religion comes in. Religion is all about you manipulating God to give you something that you need all religion is well it's not a relationship it's just well i went to church the last three wednesdays jesus and i went sunday and i didn't leave early and i even made it for half half the music this time praise god so you owe me you should give me i love you god now give me a new car i love you god now give me a new house all these things were going after things rather than really god god was just the avenue we were going to get them from and if you're not careful when you get in the kingdom it'll be the same way you'll start seeking the kingdom to get things rather than seeking the kingdom to get god See? And God's it. Now, another thing, the church has taught you to put faith in the works of God rather than God. So if somebody don't get healed, if somebody don't get blessed, if somebody don't get their prayer answered, they get all upset about it. Well, if, if you really have faith in God, it won't make any difference whether you get your answer or not because my faith is still in God. It's not in whether I got the new car, whether I got this or whether I got that. Your faith should be in God himself. And how many know unless he changes, your faith's going to be the same. See, so we put our faith in, well, it didn't work, and it didn't work. And then you go to a, a religious preacher, why didn't it work? Well, he'll give you 42 reasons why it didn't work. You'll spend the rest of your life trying to line up with them 42 reasons. Well, you didn't pray long enough. I'm going to pray a little bit more. You're not praying around a relationship, you're praying to get... You're praying to get something. Do you see what I mean? You're praying to impress God. You're praying to, to manipulate God. You're praying, basically, religion is man's search for God. But notice, when Jesus came down, the search ended. It's no longer God chasers. It's now men chasers. God is chasing you. You not chasing him. He was sent down in the earth. The son of the living God came down. What did he come down for? To restore to mankind the kingdom of God that he lost in his life. To come and suffer and die on that cross and get you into a place where you could enter the kingdom of God through the new birth. If you've not entered, you need to enter. There's only two kingdoms, kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness. So you want to say, hey, Jesus, I make you as Lord. Say Lord. Lord. Now, the problem is with that is it's been too simple. Because if you look up the word Lord, it means owner of all. Ouch. Now, I'm not sure I want to make him Lord. I wanted to make him Lord to get into heaven, but I didn't want him Lord over my finances, didn't want him Lord over my emotions, didn't want him Lord over my marriage, didn't want him Lord over my kids, didn't want him Lord over the way I've spent my money, didn't want him Lord over everything else. He's Lord. I'm going to heaven. But notice, he wants to become owner of everything. He wants to be in charge, basically, through his laws of everything. The Bible says if you tithe, automatically, see automatically, the windows of heaven open and blessings start coming down. Well, what if I don't? Well, God just don't want to bless me. No, you ain't following the law that tells you how to open the windows of heaven and allow the blessing to come down in your life. Come on, if you want to jump off a 10-story building, do it. But there's laws that are going to hurt you. 
See, the kingdom of God is all about laws, and we keep not following the laws of the kingdom of God, and then we want to, you know, it, it's good to keep your confession lined up. I mean, you know, and I've heard the teaching on money cometh, money cometh, but if, if you're saying that and you're living in adultery, you're on drugs, you're in alcohol, you can yell money cometh all you want, and the laws of the kingdom aren't going to allow money to cometh. Are you following me? There's a lifestyle that goes with this thing that you've got to understand that belongs to you. You've got to walk in line with the laws of the kingdom of God, praise God. The Bible tells you to forgive. It's even in the Lord's Prayer. Isn't that something? <laughs> our Father who on earth helping me. No, our Father where? In heaven. Where is he? Art in heaven. I wish he'd come down here. Then you'd lose your position. Because he can certainly become a subject under you. See, our Father who art in heaven, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Thank you this day for my daily bread. Keep me away from the evil and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who... Now, if you've been here the last Tuesday or last couple Wednesday nights, James has hit forgiveness hard. Why? Because he's mean? No, because it bottles up the kingdom of God and it's a kingdom law that's in your life. I can guarantee you if you're walking in unforgiveness, I declare you're going to have torment coming up. You're going to have bondage coming up. And I'm not saying it just because I'm mean. I'm saying it because that's what the law says. If you do that, that's what's going to happen. You jump off a building, that's what's going to happen. God's, well, God judged my brother. He jumped off a 10-story building, and he killed him. No, you don't have to kill him. <laughs> he violated the law. Are you following me? And once you violate the law, something happens in your life. What happened? There's an effect for it, for doing the wrong thing. So basically, God says, let them. Say, let them. So at that time, those two words, I mean, are the biggest words in the whole Bible. Because once he said, let them have dominion on earth, now he no longer has dominion on earth. Who has it? And how many know he never said... Let us take it back. How many know he probably thought about it? <laughs> oh, my God, look at that. Let us take it back. <laughs> no, but see, nobody knows about it. So if you don't know about it, how are you going to grow in it? And how are you going to rule the lives and circumstances of your own life and your own family? Basically, when you don't know about it. When you were just a Christian, and now you're supposed to follow all these little rules and all these little laws, and that's all you do, and do your best for Jesus. And when you die, you're going to go to heaven, and then you're going to do whatever you do up there the whole time, see? But that's not the way. You're going to rule for eternity. Basically, you're in practice session now. See? And some people say, well, why didn't... Oh, I don't know if I can go there. I don't know if I got enough time for that or not. Go to Isaiah 45. I don't know if I can go there or not. Yeah, bless God, I'm going to go there, I think, right now. I just got a feeling I, got, I can't. I got to go there. It's still here. Listen. You run into problems down here, you run into trials, you run into difficulties down here, you got a job, you don't like it, all over the place. Notice, you would never grow to learn how to fulfill who you are unless there were problems there that gave you an opportunity to make a decision and practice who you are. See, I think sometimes that God just didn't wipe out the devil and get it over with because the devil can be a decent teacher for you. You understand? You can, you can learn to hear his voice just as well as you can learn to hear the Holy Ghost voice because sometimes he says stuff you know ain't from God or not. So these trials and tribulations come. Are they, do they come from the devil to stop you? Yes, but is it an opportunity? James says, count it all joy when these trials and temptations come your way. How many of you go, hallelujah, another problem. Praise Jesus. Nobody. Nobody does. 
Are you following me? But when that comes, now what are you going to do? Are you going to be the house built on the rock that when the storm comes and the waves come and the wind comes, bless God, you're standing there strong? Or is it just going to wash your foundation? God don't love me. I quit. People don't love me. Heck with my purpose. Heck with whatever God wants. I'm done. That's it. Living 10 years ago. And 10 years ago this happened. Get over it for God's sakes. Forget what is behind you and press on to the mark of the high call of Jesus Christ and go further in your life because there's a purpose for you being here right now. Glory to God. There's a reason I'm still, there's a reason Ted's here. Oh, he's 80. He's done now. No more purpose for him. God just clicked him out. Praise God. He just, he's just going to waller around the rest of his life till he dies. And no, there's a purpose for St. Teddy this year, right. right now, to fulfill a purpose that God gave him for this year. It has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with sex or color or all that kind of stuff that the world wants you to get involved in. It doesn't matter. Every single human being was put here for a purpose. I'm telling you. My God, I'm telling you, 64 years ago, the Lord looked at my mom and dad, and they were doing a little hanky-panky, praise God, and God said, I want that one right there, and all them little things started swimming, and I beat everybody to it, praise God. Come on, 100 million sperm, and I got there, glory to God. So I'm a winner already. I can't help but be a winner. But what happened? He had already planned for somebody to understand the kingdom of God and preach the kingdom of God in this day and in this hour. And 64 years ago, he put his finger on me and said, you're going to be the one to do it. Then he found down the street across town, there was a, he's going to need a woman. So all at once, here, mom and dad were doing whatever they were doing. Praise God. And all at once, he, she swam there and bang, there it was. Praise God. So that's the woman he's going to end up with to support him. Come on. God's got this thing figured out if you get in his purpose and you follow his plan of what he wants to do in your life. Oh, that woman you give me. <laughs> No, that woman you've given you is what's going to protect you to be the man you need to be, even though you can't stand her sometimes. Come on now. And you can take it the other way around. I'm just a man. That's why I come there. You can be the woman. Oh, this guy, my God almighty. Why don't they ever say, I do? I should have said, I'll think about it. I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. No, I do, praise God. Once you said that, you made a decision. Hopefully you check the consequences. See, so what happened once you made that? So now you, you're going to have to change a little. How I many you know when you get married, you have to change just a little bit? And you think you're right, you know, you're both right. You're both absolutely right every time you have an argument. Nobody's wrong in those arguments. <laughs> See, but it's not that way. And many times when you have an argument with your spouse or somebody who's actually following the Holy Ghost, just stop right there and go away, and the Holy Ghost will, will beat you up worse than your spouse ever could have. He'll say, hey, dumbbell. She was right. Now I've got to go back and tell her. Oh, my God. No, I'll go to the cross. I'll take stripes on my back. But I'm not going to her and tell her I made a mistake. Please, anything but that. See, because that's the way we were created, isn't it? That's the way that we are. That's the way that things go. But notice, each little thing, people hate their jobs. My Bible says God has given us everything to richly enjoy. So when I worked for the post office for 28 years, I decided I was going to enjoy what I was doing there, whether it was a good day, bad day, heavy mail, no mail, truck breaks down, cold, hot, no matter what, I was going to enjoy what God gave me. And I'll tell you what, if you do that at your workplace, you will stand out. Because everybody else there is complaining, moaning, it's the worst job I've ever had. I hate this job, this job. And then you come in and say, praise God, another day at work. And they say, I hate you. <laughs> but what are you doing? You are a kingdom influence in that job. Here you're walking in peace and joy, and you know they want it. 
You know, they don't want to be like they are right now. I mean, they hate it. They're sweating. They're all miserable. They're everything else. But here you are, a shiny thing. Sometimes you can just shoot a little text to somebody. And you know what's going on? When, when uh, yesterday I came home because it was raining all day up at Lake Wales, and I got home, and Brandy was having her cheerleading thing. And they went to the state yesterday. And, of course, she's, she's really into... She's the head of the cheerleaders, basically. That's what she does. So they went up to Gainesville yesterday, and they had the cheerleading thing. And, you know, she's always really intense about doing good. And so I texted Aaron later on, and Aaron said, well, you know, they had one time where once somebody slipped or something, and they ended up getting fifth place. And Aaron said, but, but that's good, you know, but I know Brandy. Fifth place, in her mind, was not good. So I just said, Lord, we've got to do something here because she's on her way back from Gainesville. Her face is probably rubbing on the bottom of the floor right now. She has no peace and joy. What can I do? So he just told me to tell her that success is not based on you being the best. Success is based on you doing your best. And I just shot that to her, and I got about 15 hearts back, and I got, thank you so much. Why is that? Because when people thought life had gone in a direction, you have the ability and power with the words of God. And what's that doing? That's bringing the kingdom of God. How many know kingdom of God is not worry, depression, down and out? It's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. So if we're thinking of everybody going into all the world and preaching the gospel. you got your own little congregation. And little congregations that work with you every single day, that congregation even might live in your house. That's the toughest congregation right there. But over a period of years, you know, she's made some adjustments. I've made adjustments. She made adjustments. We hardly ever have any kind of argument in the last 10 years. I would say we never have anything. Why? Because we've learned to adjust, make the changes, do what we need to do, and becoming one. Say becoming one. See, there's more to becoming one than just saying I do. I do most of the time just leads to I don't. So you're growing up. You're growing up together. So if your job is a real problem, don't spaz about it. Don't lose your cool about it. Find out how you can make the adjustments to help somebody in that job or enjoy what you're doing. When problems come, really, it should be, praise God, here's another opportunity for me to use my wisdom and knowledge. God's never going to, things aren't going to come into your life that you don't have the ability to deal with. And if you don't, then you just get a hold of somebody else. That's what marriage counseling is all about. People come to me for marriage counseling. I simply give them the laws of God. I don't give them my opinion. Nobody wants your opinion. Well, I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You can't afford it. You can't afford it, praise God. So what are you going to do? I'm going to give them the laws of God. And like James does, even when he ministers, one of the questions, if it's not working, is, have you forgiven everybody? And they'll almost always say, oh, yes. Even though there's 562 people they could bring to you right now. Come on now. So what happened? Then forgiveness comes in. They forgive. Then it opens up. What's it do? It makes, allows to connect with heaven through the spirit of God on the inside of you. And basically heaven comes into earth. There, I'll guarantee you right now there's no sickness in heaven. No depression in heaven. Nobody down in heaven. But there's a devil down here that wants to stop your purpose any way that he can to get you locked in to not fulfill. And I'll tell you, when you're in your purpose, everything seems to have just fall into place, right? It just falls into place. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest influences in my life that ever happened when I was a new Christian, we started going down to Stewart to a... Living Waters, I think it was called, or something down there. And we got to meet Ted and Joni back at that time. And, and they basically, we, we spent some time with them, whatever. One time we came to church, and we parked here, and Ted parked here. And we were getting out of the car, and Ted was getting out of the car, and he even mentioned it this morning. And when he got out, he stood up real quick, and he, I mean, he cracked the back of his head on that door, getting out of the car. I mean, he hit it so hard. And I watched him, and he goes, oh, praise Jesus. Praise God. Glory to God. And I was thinking, that's not what I have said. <laughs> I still ain't living where I'm supposed to be. I wouldn't have said that. I'd have said something else. <laughs> See, why is that? 
he had been around a little bit. He'd learned a few things. I was a new Christian. I was taught when you hit your head, you let it fly, bless God. <laughs> and you blame the devil, your wife, or anybody else, praise God, who caused you to hit your head there. But no, what was that? It showed me not only this, we're going out to preach the world, we're going out. And I mean, even on Facebook sometimes, I'm really not going to get to very far where I'm going this morning, but... On Facebook, sometimes I see quite a few people now, which I don't like, teaching against going to church. I'm telling you what, these people used to go to church, try to have a church, and it didn't work out for them, so now all of a sudden nobody's supposed to go to church. Praise God. Well, that's fine. Whatever they want to think, but I'm telling you what, the only way you're going to grow up in the thing of the kingdom of God is from somebody who knows something about the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. The only way I learned anything about faith was sitting under somebody who knew something about faith. Otherwise, I didn't know something about it. Praise God. Oh, I just need the Holy Ghost. Well, then you're going to interpret things out of the Bible that you think the Holy Ghost told you, and he told you to do this, and he told you to do that. I'm telling you what, it's not God. And basically, we're not a church, basically a church. We're Treasure Coast Victory Center. What are we here? We're a training center to train people up in the kingdom of God. We do not have, oh, Jesus. We do not do memberships here. If you're a new person, we don't run to you with a little thing and say, can we have your name, address, and phone number? Because we want you to become a member here. Notice, you're all citizens of a kingdom, not members of a church. Because if you're a member of the wrong church, they're teaching you the wrong doctrine. And as a member, you need to heed their wrong doctrine because you're a member there. But you're not a member. You stepped into a kingdom. You stepped into a country. You stepped into a domain. You are now in the kingdom of heaven itself if you're born again and came into the kingdom of God. And now you abide by kingdom things. Jesus said, I'm not of this world, and neither are they. What are you? You're an alien, praise God. You're an alien. The only thing is, in the kingdom, you are a legal alien. Hallelujah. Why? Because you stepped into a place now where God is teaching you, God is showing you, and God needs you. That's another thing I found out. God actually needs me. You know, I need God. I need God. One day he said, I need you. I need you. And I said, I was taught, I need you. I need you. Well, I'm teaching you now. You, I need you. I need you. And I said, well, I never thought it that way. He says, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so I said, guys, you do need me. You do need me. And then you just follow your purpose. And I'll tell you what, as you follow your purpose, it's like, you don't have to search to where to go next. It's like something just drops in your heart. And even if it's the dumbest thing you never thought of in your entire life and you shun it off, it keeps coming back like a boomerang. And you think, I ain't doing that. And it comes back again. I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Well, you know, maybe I'll do that. I don't, well, it starts to sound like a pretty good idea. Maybe I'm going ahead. And as soon as you commit to it, all at once, a flood of money, a flood of knowledge, a flood of wisdom, doors open up, things happen. But notice it comes from a desire. The problem with most Christians is they're praying for their wants rather than their desires. And most of them don't have a relationship enough with God to get his desires. They've got their own desires. But God said, I will give you the desires of your heart, and I will give you. See that? Not only will he give you the desires, but then he's going to, give you the desires of your heart. So as long as they come from God, as long as they're on the inside here, start a church. No, 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 I'm a teacher. I just go around and I'm going to go to millions of churches and teach. No, you're a pastor. No, I, you don't understand. I'm a teacher. They prophesied over me. I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher. Well, they were, they were good at prophesying. They just didn't know what they were prophesying. Hallelujah. Because basically, I'll tell you, here's what matters in your life right here. You don't need 14 prophets to tell you what direction to go if you're listening to God. They will come and confirm what God has already told you in your heart. But if they're giving you brand new direction, then you better check out what's going on there, see. God, the Holy Ghost is in you. He's really in there. He's a real person and he's really in there. 
He's on the inside of you. And he's speaking to you all the time with that still small voice you got. Still small voice. Just love that person. I don't want to. I told, I told Aaron, you haven't even lived on this earth. And I told my wife also, until you went into Lake Wales Walmart. I've been in Walmart here and seen some things, but let me tell you what. It does not even compare. It rained yesterday, so I went to Walmart and bought something, and I just, I just couldn't get out. I just had to watch people. It was utterly amazing what was going on in there. My goodness sakes, but, you know, and you think, and, yeah, and you look at them and you say, God says, there's another one you need to love. Get right on that, Jesus. <laughs> you know? They don't look like they'd be lovable. They don't act like they'd be lovable. They don't, in our eyesight. And, you know, probably most of them are more powerful in the spirit than I was. Just because they're closed in line up and they looked like they hadn't shaved and they were walking around, you know, with their pants half down or whatever, doesn't mean they weren't flowing in the Holy Ghost. I mean, how do you know? God looks at the spirit. He doesn't look at really what you're wearing or what you're not wearing or what you're doing. But sometimes we've got to get over looking at people and judging people at the same time, you know. Like I say, everyone has a purpose. And that has helped me a bit because it doesn't matter who I see, no matter how old they are, what they think, what they not think. Even people in politics right now don't need your criticism. They need your prayers. Yeah. Some of these people are so blinded, I'm telling you what, they can't see the light of day, much less anything else. And I'm praying for the power of God to open their eyes that they could actually see what's really going on, that they'd be released from the devil and the way that they see things and the darkness they're under open somebody's eyes, praise God, to understand what God's kingdom wants. See, that's the kingdom you're from. That's the kingdom you need to obey. That's the kingdom you need to represent. What do you think about this? Well, my kingdom says this. What do you think about it? I don't think. I'm an ambassador. I was sent from another country to be here to influence this nation here. And bless God as an ambassador. I'll tell you what, with ambassador, you, you got the whole country behind you. How can you walk without fear? I got country behind me. I got all heaven, every angel up there just following me around every day long. You really don't want to mess with me. Come on, and that's the attitude you need to have rather than, oh, well, I sure hope I don't catch the Carnoviascusy flu. <laughs> Jesus, come on. Come on, people. Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. But if you're going to be a Christian who's a victim, then you're probably going to end up with something. But you're not. You're a king, praise God. You're a king and a priest to God. Christianity, you look at the Bible, Jesus never called, said Christian in his entire life. Do you know that? It's not in all four Gospels. It was the unbelievers who named the Christians Christians. And they're still doing it. Did you ever hear, it's your workplace, not once you do something they don't like, they say, well, I thought you were a Christian. <laughs> ever get that? You know why? Because they got standards. They're trying to set the standards for your Christianity. Christian is not a label. It's not along with Buddhism and Hinduism and, height and all that stuff. Christian is basically who you are, not a label of who you've joined, some club or something. Your lifestyle should be described as a Christian. Christ-like, walking like him. No worries, no cares, full of power, full of the anointing, full of all this stuff. It was never mean to be a label because the world has lumped that all into the same thing. It's just made it another religious ism with no power whatsoever. But the kingdom's got power. The Bible said the kingdom's not in talk, but it's in the power of Almighty God. Hallelujah. So what are we doing? We're trying to develop a kingdom mentality... And through the kingdom mentality, we're starting to walk different. We're starting to talk different. We're starting to see things different. See, most of the little problems that used to be mountains for you are going to turn into little pebbles. Yeah. 
You're going to say, I can't believe that stressed me out. I can't believe that had me worried for three days. I can't believe I wasted four days on this thing. And you're just going to start bouncing stuff off and you're going to walk in victory. And then other people are going to come to you on that level where you were at a couple years before. And you're going to say, hey, been there, done that. And let me tell you how to do it. You just do this, you do this, and bless God. You just rebuke that thing and it leaves your life. And then what do we do? We're making disciples, not of Treasure Coast Victory Center. Not of Luther, not of Catholic, not of Protestant, not of anybody. We're making disciples of the kingdom of God, of the king who is Christ Jesus himself. So we're growing. Did I take you to a scripture? Yeah. I bet. Let's just read this anyway. Isaiah 45, we'll read this quick and then I'll. Well, you all had coffee house though. My God, you shouldn't have to eat for at least another 15 minutes. <laughs> all right, Isaiah 45, look at verse 18. For thus says the Lord that created the heavens. How many know he did? God himself that formed the earth, how I many you know he did, and he made it, he has established it, he created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord and there is what? So why did God create the earth? He created it to be what? Notice, not Mars, not Jupiter, not any other planet out there. He created the earth to be inhabited, praise God. Inhabited by two, by who? People who are in the kingdom of God. His sons who are now going to take rulership in this earth realm, praise God. We're going to get to a place pretty soon where people are going to know that you're different. They're just going to know something different about you. Christianity, basically, you can't tell. Half the time, before I even try to witness to somebody, I don't know if they're saved or not. I mean, if, if you were somebody for several hours and they can't even tell whether you're saved or not, you haven't made too many adjustments. <laughs> I mean, I've spent weeks getting somebody saved who I found out already was. The day finally came when I could get him. <laughs> you need to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I did that 10 years ago. He's my Lord and Savior. Really? <laughs> wow. Let me write that's a revelation, praise God, here. Do it. Why is that? Because we've taught, what do we do? We get saved, we go to heaven. That's it. My whole life's over with. I'm saved and I go to heaven. No, you're saved to complete a work down here and a purpose that God has given you in your own little realm. And the more you find that desire of your heart, and the more you start walking towards it, no matter how ridiculous it sounds, it's not based on your ability. It's based on the anointing of God that's in your life, praise God. And other people tried it. You know, sometimes, like I said, they were getting on Facebook and stuff. They've tried to minister. Nobody showed up. They tried. Well, maybe that wasn't it. Just find where your peg fits. And get in that hole and start going in that direction and everything will be all right. It's not what you want. Trust me, when I was out there drinking and in the bars and bartending and in radio and whatever, it never crossed my mind to be a pastor. I never went to anybody, never went to her, never went to my parents. And I think God called me to be a pastor because it wasn't there. But once I stepped into the kingdom of God and started seeking first the kingdom of God, God started downloading stuff on the inside of me. Then I could see myself teaching. I could see myself preaching. I could see myself laying hands and people falling down. I could see the power of God hitting people. I could see myself spitting on my finger and putting it on their forehead. I don't know why. See, people say, well, that's ridiculous. I can't help it. That when God tells you to do something, you do it. You know, Benny Hinn used to throw his coat and people get mad at him. Hey, if God tells you to throw your coat, throw it. Now, if he tells you to throw your pants, pray about it. Pray about that for a little while before you do that. But the Spirit of God moves however the Spirit of God wants to move. And as you listen to His voice and as you do what He wants you to do, that the anointing will back up your obedience to the Word of God. So just keep pressing into God. I mean, most of you are pressing in. Most of you are seeking. Don't read this as a religious book. 
Read it as a king and a kingdom and a government and find out what laws are being put there and what you're learning and what you're being taught. Praise God. And you'll continue to grow in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, jump up this morning. Jesus got to page two, dear Lord. Jesus. Father, we just thank you, first of all, for Ted Campbell. We thank you for what he's done as far as imparting to me and everyone in this body and all the lives that he's touched who aren't even part of his life anymore. Father, we know over the years that their hearts were stirred. And Father, we speak to the hearts of each and every one that he touched in his life, whether it be by the revival or be by the word of God, whether it be in business, that whatever on the inside of him, that seed would be revived and stirred up right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for the anointing on Ted that it continues to grow, that him and Wendy stay even closer and closer together as one in their ministry and what they're called to do. And we thank you for a continued blessing of health and prosperity into their lives. And Father, I just thank you this morning for your Holy Spirit. Father, continue to open the eyes of of understanding and flood our spirit man with the light. Let us know the hope of your calling, your calling, and the exceeding greatness of the inheritance that you've given us already in this earth to complete our lives here and do our purpose. We thank you for the spirit of God that you've placed on the inside of us. We thank you for the seat that you've given us at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named. And we thank you that we will complete what you've called us to do, and we thank you for the ability to do it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we will see you Wednesday night. for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.